Hello, and welcome to Perspectives with Wendy Neen. I am your host, Wendy Neen. I want to thank you again for continuing to tune in. It is my hope that you will share your experience with Perspectives and invite others to listen, for there is something intended for you as a takeaway in each episode of Perspectives. But the only way to find out is to click one episode at a time. Now, today we're going to talk about love in disguise, love in disguise. I want to start out by quoting Maya Angelou. When someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. Now, if we reflect back at the chapters in our book of life, we all at some point wanted to find what we view as love. Hmm, Seems simple enough. Now, we are looking for love from the one who will enter into our lives and bring the joy and happiness that we all have read about, seen in the movies, seen it in pictures on social media, and heard stories about a friend or a relative who has just had this little time of their life meeting the love of their dreams. (laughs) Obviously, as we go through life, we start to understand and realize the joy and happiness comes from within. But until then, you want to meet what we refer to as the one. The one to bring pleasantries and companionship that that could lead to a relationship that will build into your own family portrait. Whereas you will grow old together and and live, as they say, happily ever after. Now, when this is something that you have longed for and, and people are constantly asking, why are you still single and when are you going to get married? You, you start to feel pressured, which this can cause you to when you meet someone, uh, your judgment may be flawed a bit. Because you're kind of looking at it as, hmm, I finally met someone. And this someone seems promising. Now, what ends up happening is you meet someone and the connection seems so perfect. You hear them say things like, I have never met anyone like you, or it's love at first sight, or no one treats me like you do. Now, when you are with them, they are very nice and accommodating to you and your needs. And this causes you to start to feel good to you, even though it's only been a week or two. Now, their expressed desire to be intimate with you becomes convincing because of how they're treating you. So the way that they're treating you feels so good that you decide, hmm, I think I'm going to go ahead. I don't want to lose this person. Now, now that you have been intimate, you start to get pressure to be in a committed relationship. And that may even use the word, (laughs) listen now, after you've become intimate, And they've pressured you into a committed relationship. And during this pressure to get you to commit, they use the word love. (laughs) At this point, 
You believe your dreams have come true. You finally met someone who's acting right and actually wants to be with only you. Now, let's say we're in week three and and you're pretty much unofficially living together because each day is spent with them to include overnight. Now, during this time spent together, they start to ask you, who are you texting or, or who are you talking to? Seems innocent enough if you're focused on that. Then when you start to go out to dinner and, and they start to view the way that you order your food as flirting. Hmm. When you leave to spend time with friends, family, or even your children, when you return, you're met with tension. <laughs> the tension is present because they believe that you spent too much time with others and they fear they may take you away from them. Hmm. Now, does that sound like jealousy, maybe? You see, jealousy is a clear indicator of insecurity and a lack of trust. But you will probably be told, oh, I act this way because I love you and I don't want to lose you. (laughs) Now, keep in mind, I love you and I don't want to lose you are words you always wanted to hear. So you totally disregard what is really going on and view it as, hmm, (laughs) this is the one. (laughs) The person then starts to, to time how long it should take for you to be home from work. They start to time how long it should take for you to go to the store and come back. They start to time how long it should take for you to pick your kids up and come back. They start to check your phone for calls and and the text messages that may have been made while you were away. And all the while, they're telling you they are doing this out of fear that someone will take you away from them. (laughs) They will tell you what to wear when you're going out of the house. And and you have a tendency to comply because you think, hmm, well, they must want to see me in this, so I'll do it. (laughs) Now, when you are out of their presence, you get frequent frequent phone calls and text messages from them, and they expect you to respond immediately. And they have convinced you that the reason they're doing this is because I miss you. And I just want to hear your voice. (laughs) You know what? They may even start to tell you, if you love me, then I'm all you need. And you won't have to spend your time with friends and family because your friends, they're not going to understand the love that we have. (laughs) Now, even though the signs are obvious, you continue because this is what you wanted a relationship that is displayed as love in pictures on Instagram that that you used to look at of others and, and say to yourself, I wish that was me. But now you believe you have that. So you have to overlook what is really being shown to you. 
<laughs> Think about that. Now, you don't want your friends and family to know the picture does not reflect reality behind the doors that's closed. So you keep it a secret. So let's think about this now from a few months in. You're in this relationship and you, you start to discover hmm, mood swings. These mood swings are to the point that they can start out being so kind and, and pampering. And then suddenly they become angered and explosive over the simplest things. You then start to, to justify it and say, oh, this must be bipolar. And you rationalize that they can't control themselves. So I understand they, ha they have a condition. <laughs> they may even begin to strike objects and blame you because of how you are making them feel as if you want to be with someone else. <laughs> so they put fear in you to get you to comply with their demands Based off of hitting those objects, you jump. Ooh, boom, boom. Oh, wow. I better do what he's saying. I don't want to make him more angry. I don't want to aggravate the bipolar. Now, when all else fails, what do they do then? They threaten that if you leave, the kids will be taken. If any of this sounds familiar, you are experiencing love in disguise. And as Maya Angelou once said, there is no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside you. Talk to someone. Now, I was watching an episode of a crime show the, the other night and it, it focused on a couple who was married with two kids. The wife was displeased with her weight and decided to do something about it. And, and obviously I'm kind of summarizing this and without getting into a long drawn out details of the episode, but the, the wife wasn't happy. So she made a decision to go and join a dance class. And, and when she joined this dance class, she was able to attain the body that she desired for so long. She began to see herself in a different light. She was very happy and excited that she started to gain the confidence that she had so long lacked before. She and her husband weren't getting along and, and it seems that it got worse when she gained her confidence because she wouldn't allow him to any longer push her around and, and shove her and, and force her into saying and doing things that, that she just didn't want to do. So they ended up separating. But during the separation, he constantly, constantly tried to get her back. He would, he would go to the extent of, of letting her know, Hey, I liked you before you lost all this weight. I preferred you bigger than you are. He would then show up at her job and, and bring her fatty foods to eat. But you know what? Her confidence and determination prevented her from being weakened to eat the food that he brought. 
He would send her flowers and, and say nice things in the note attached. And, and his whole objective is for her to just come back to him. This went on for a period of time and, and she never looked back. Her objective was to move forward. And, and then one night he asked if he could come over just to talk one last time. So when he arrived, she was on the phone and, and the person that she was talking to could actually hear uh, what was being said. And, and her husband was in the background and he was saying to her, I really do think that the us talking is a little bit more important than the conversation that you're currently having. Uh, You get it again, control. He's letting her know that he's the priority at this point. And I, I need you to get off that call because it can't be as important as I. (laughs) So she went ahead and, and ended her call and, Once it it, it ended, he began talking again very nicely and talking about how much he loves her and and how badly he wanted them to get back together. Now, when she didn't agree, (laughs) I'm sure you know what happened at that point. The disguise was removed. He no longer wanted to hide the fact that this wasn't love. He no longer wanted to hide the fact that this is all about control. He no longer wanted to hide the fact that I thrive on emotionally abusing you. That's how I get pleasure in life. So what did he do at that point? He grabbed her by her throat. He began to choke her in her neck and throat area. He did this all while looking her in her eyes. He did this struggle for several minutes, all while again looking her in her eyes so that she could see the control that he still had at another level. He watched her without a blink become lifeless in his hands, at the hands of him. Think about that message that he's sending to her still. Once the life left her body, he then took it to an open field and burned it. After he burned it, he walked away. In his mind, if I can't have you, no one else will. Hmm. He controlled that situation. He controlled her. And as Lundy Bancroft summed it up well when she said, an abuser can seem emotionally needy. You can get caught in a trap of catering to him trying to feel a bottomless pit, but he's not so much needy as entitled. So no matter how much you give him, it will never be enough. He will just keep coming up with more demands because he believes his needs are your responsibility until 
you feel drained down to nothing. Be aware of love in disguise when it's presented to you. And if you are the friend or family member of someone being emotionally abused, take heed. Take heed to these words that Lundy Bancroft also said. The woman knows from living with the abusive man that there are no simple answers. Hmm. Friends will say he's mean, but she knows many ways in which he has been good to her. Hmm. Friends will say he treats you that way because he can get away with it. I would never let someone treat me that way. But she knows that the times when she's put her foot down the most firmly, he responds by becoming his angriest and most intimidating. When she stands up to him, he makes her pay for it sooner or later. Friends say leave him, but she knows it won't be that easy. He will promise to change. He'll get friends and relatives to feel sorry for him and pressure her to give him another chance. He'll get severely depressed, causing her to worry whether he'll be all right. And depending on what style of abuser he is, she may know that he will become dangerous when she tries to leave him. She may even be concerned that he will try to take her children away from her, as some abusers do. This is how we do it on Perspectives. It is what it is. It is done. Until next time. <laughs>